Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Here come the drums! Episode 3 of the 41 Acres with Landry and Day-Day. Day-Day, I'm not going to do it. I know you want to do it. I know everybody on the internet wants to do it. There was once a time when I could do it, but I am not going to style point a University of Texas win. I'm not going to do it. You can sit here and do it. I'm not doing it. A win is a win at this point for these boys. No, that's bullshit, Landry. That's bullshit, bro. This is the University of Texas, and that was Tulsa, bro. You know, you have to go out there and, for lack of a better phrase, you have to bitch slap this team, man. And Texas just didn't do that, man. They didn't. It's like they came out and they had fire and they had uh, some energy, you know, coming out. Hey, they go up, you know, 21 points at the half, man. And they come back and just totally let this team, you know, get back into the game, man. I mean, you know, your prediction last week was what? uh, uh, um, Four touchdowns. Yeah, four touchdowns. My uh, prediction was 35-7, bro. And yet we have a seven-point game. That's unacceptable for the University of Texas. It could have easily been a loss. And we're going to talk to Vince Young, by the way. Vince Young, shout out to Vince Young. It is U.S. SC week. We thought there was going to be two 2 and 0 teams possibly instead it's two 500 teams. But there was a time when Vince played where you could you could style point stuff. I just can't do it. And I understand I understand that I I still in the back of my mind do think this is Texas and I still do want them to look better than they did against Tulsa, but maybe that's just not where they're at. So if if they're going to have to be one of these teams that just grinds out wins and it's it's never going to be very pretty, that's just that's just where I have to be. This team, this team right now, as as USC comes to town, this is a team that you should be as good. At, you should be at the same point as USC right now. They got a freshman quarterback. They only scored three points against Stanford. This, if if Texas is two and one three weeks into the season, I'm gonna be just fine with it. I don't care how pretty this looked. I don't care how terrible it was. I know they got off to a good start. I just I I can't do I can't do it and it's sad. I'm not sitting here saying it like to make an excuse. I'm just saying it's not it's it's not there anymore. And maybe that's an indictment on my man Tom Herman. Maybe that's an indictment on Tom Herman the fact that I don't I can't do it. But sports are fluid, and just from watching this Texas team, they're not good enough to style point wins. Man, you know it was funny that you're saying that because. You know, it takes us back to last week. You know, shout out to Romans Taylor when Romans came on and uh, we interviewed him. And, you know, I tweeted about this. Maybe this is just who Texas is now. Which is maybe sad. It's, maybe it's time, you know, that we actually, as Longhorn fans, you know, really just kind of for the Matrix uh, uh, standpoint, take the blue pill or the red pill, whatever the reality pill is. The red and pill. The red pill, and just get into the reality that, you know, this is no longer uh, a BCS uh, championship uh, winning program, you know, BCS bowl playing uh, program, Big 12 winning championship program. You know, it, it's, it's no longer there. Th- these consistent 10-win seasons that, you know, Texas used to have, Bro, it's just not there anymore. It's not there. And this is the other thing that's 
that's bad news if you're a Longhorn fan is one of the bright spots so far. Ingram, he's going to miss a couple weeks. So yeah. the run game, they've, they've had trouble really getting loose on the run game. It's going to become even more difficult. I don't know what the identity of this team is. It, we and don't have one. That's the problem is that I don't know what the identity of this team is. I know they like to be smash mouth. I know they'd like to mix in Ellinger with, with, with the running backs. But there's no identity of this team. Unless you listen to what Tom Herman has said the last two weeks, he has brought it up twice now. He's had two post-game conferences, and he's done, he's done something consistently in those conferences he has said that this team's tight he said they don't play loose he's talked about how they're not having fun tension and pressing and I thought the first half we, we did a fantastic job with that uh, third quarter not so much but the fourth quarter we rallied and, and did it so I'm, I'm happy with, with um, you know where we're headed I'm, I'm happy we got to do a great job of making sure that our guys continue to have fun when we're talking about head coaches and we're talking about what matters and what you do, that's your damn job. That is your damn job. If they're playing too tight, that's your that's your fault. That's a big indictment. That's as much of an indictment on Tom Herman as the offense with Tim Beck and, and, and what we see from this grab-ass offense. If you're telling me that this team's tight, that's a you thing. Maybe they're just walking on eggshells around you. I don't know. But it's it's two games into the season, and he has mentioned that twice now. Man, I'll be honest with you. Tom Herman's press conferences, uh, it, it likens to, remember uh, Charlie Brown? And when the teacher would, would talk to Charlie Brown, it would be, wah womp, wah womp, wah womp. Well, that's what the f- I feel like his uh, press conferences is now, man. Just a bunch of, of you know, uninspired, you know, excuses, you know, written bull that he's, you know, throwing out there, man. You know, and I don't know who he's selling it to because – from right now, man, the fan base, no one, the media, no one is buying it right now. Did you see him? Trying to pump he, up the crowd? Right, absolutely. Trying to pump up the crowd at halftime, man. And no one was inspired, man. No one was excited about it. No, you know, even the, the team, you know, as they were walking off the field, man, they didn't even seem like they were uh, uh, excited about even being up 21 Oh, to this Tulsa team, man. I mean, it was just an utter embarrassment, man. And this is what this is what I think is the biggest myth when it comes to building a program or a coach making an immediate impact. I don't I, I don't think it's as hard to see improvement a year and change in as as Tom Herman and a lot of people want you to believe. I mean, look at look at Texas A and M this weekend. Texas A and M damn near beat Clemson. Yes. Jimbo Fisher has been there for half a year, and you can already see that this team is better and and light years ahead of what they were last year. This so, is his second game. What am Jimbo I supposed Fisher's second game? Man. What am I supposed to be waiting for? Like what what is the moment that I'm supposed to wait for with this with this Texas team to where I say, you know what? There's the improvement. To me, it's as simple as wins. I'm not adjusting my expectations expectations because of what I see because if this Texas team isn't good enough to win eight nine games like I said before the season then I don't think it's a lack of talent I think Tom Herman might not be registering with these guys as much as he'd like and that's why he sits there and says that they're tense that's why he says they don't believe in themselves there's something more to this and I'm not going to overreact yet but if we come back here a week from now and we're talking about uh, Texas versus TCU with a one and two Texas team what the hell am I supposed to think? Man, well, as far as the the talent go, man, you alluding to uh, the talent or, or lack thereof, it you know, it, it's talent there. And, and and to be honest with you, man, it, it's coming from the freshman, man. 
those freshman guys are beasts out there, man. When you look at at Caden uh, Stearns, man, you look at B.J. Foster, you look at those guys, man, those guys are actually out there making plays. You know who I'm disappointed in, Landry? I'm disappointed in the quote-unquote leaders of this team. Where is Brick and Hager? Where is Charles Amenahue? You know, where are these guys? Where is Anthony Wheeler? These guys that are supposed to be leaders are, are on this uh, this leader's Council, whatever, uh, Elijah Rodriguez and, you know, these guys, wh- wh- what are these guys doing? What impact are these guys having? Right now, your best player on the team uh, right now offensively is uh, Lil Jordan Humphrey and uh, defensively is uh, probably Caden Stearns, man, probably is – your best, you know, uh, defensive player, man. And I like I like these receivers. I'm I'm a big fan of their games. But you mentioned Hager, and God bless the kid. I know he's UT royalty, and I know all that stuff. But all this hype that he's gotten, I've never watched. I've watched every play of the young man's career, and I've never sat there and said, you know what, that dude, that dude is a beast on the edge. He doesn't jump off the screen. It's man. always it, it's it always seems like everybody's hyping him up and talking about what he can do. But I watch every damn snap. Derek, I watch every freaking snap, and this guy's never really wowed me. It's never, it's never happened. I'm not saying he's not a hard worker, but this, uh, all the hype that he got going to media day, being the face, saying he's not cutting his hair till they win a conference championship, and all this stuff, he's never wowed me. He's never jumped off the screen. And for somebody who's a senior and supposed to be a leader, it's a problem. It's you, a, it's a real problem. You, you click, and like I alluded to last week, man, you clearly miss Malik Jefferson, man. Clearly miss Malik Jefferson. Uh, you clearly miss a, a, a Puna Ford, man. You clearly miss uh, Holton Hill and, and, and those guys, Deshaun Elliott. You miss those guys, man. You can see it in this defense, man, that they're not as talented as they were last year. But, you know, to Tulsa's credit, man, hey, they were picking apart Tartalando's defense. Again, man, Tartalando doesn't get a pass in this uh at all. They should have scored more than they scored. Yeah, exactly. Man. I mean, Two they, touchdowns they, they, hit, hit the dude right in the freaking hands, yeah, bro. Yeah, like it's it's it, we're talking about a 28-21 game and a lot of people are upset about it, but they, it probably Tulsa, let me just put it this way. If they're doing a Tulsa football podcast and it's it's the Derek Foreman of Tulsa and the Landry Locker of Tulsa, they're sitting here saying we should have beat those guys. Oh, no doubt. That's what they're saying. No doubt. And, and, and to be honest with you, man, even with this win, we lost, man. Even with this win, now we got Landry, the dub. We 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 got it's the one dub. One. We, we got the right. dub. Okay, we got the dub. But okay, yeah, we got the dub. But do do you see the reaction of the fans after the game? I mean, do, do you see the reaction of the kids after the game? Man, it, it was almost like that stadium was so quiet, man. No one was excited about this win. It, it was it was almost. It was a buzzkill. Yeah, absolutely, man. It was so, a buzzkill. I mean, although we won, that's why I figure. Although we won the game, literally, we we lost, man. We we lost. But now you look at a Jimbo Fisher over there at A and M. They lose the game, but dude, this dude won? clearly won, man. Like, uh, uh, and I seen Rod, you know, when you uh, lose, you win. Yeah, you win, you lose, right? Uh, absolutely. With, with a white man can't yeah, jump. Yeah, right. Rosie you know, hey, on, Billy. I got a different set of rules of mine. You want to hear them? Here they go. Sometimes when you win, you really lose. And sometimes when you lose, you really win. And sometimes when you win or lose, you actually tie. And sometimes when you tie, you actually win. I said, no joke, man. And it, and it kind of felt like that because not only did uh, Jimbo Fisher, you know, take Clemson down to the wire, man, arguably should have won that game, man. They were the better team on that field that night. And as far as 
as the, the recruiting go. We're losing in recruiting, man. Did you see that A&M just got – you don't have that many five-star recruits, man. You know, you only have a handful of them. But do you see – Two of them committed to A and M that night, bro. They verbally committed to A and M. Why that would night. you not? And this is this is this is the situation we're in right now. I'm going to go ahead and say this. We're going to be joined by Vince Young, who I'm going to ask him uh, if he still watches the USC Texas game as much as I do because I watch it damn near every week just because it it makes me remember when the times were good. The good old days. But yeah. I'm going to say this right now. This is a must win against USC, and this is why it's a must win. I'm gonna I'm going to start a riot on this podcast next week in episode four if they lose this game. And the reason is this because I'm looking around this conference and I'm looking around the Big Twelve and I'm looking at Oklahoma. Elite. Oh man. Texas does oh, not belong man. on the same field as Oklahoma wow. right now. Hey, hey, I'll say it right now, man. <laughs> By the looks of it. Oklahoma is going to beat Texas by five touchdowns. That's what it looks like right now. Then you look at TCU. TCU's quarterback, Robinson, looks like he's finding his groove a little bit. They had a little battle going on Mm -hmm. there. And Gary Patterson's one of the best coaches in the country. Those are two of the next few games. So USC right now, USC is not where they were either uh, in 06 in the yeah, Rose Bowl. Three points. Yeah, it's 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 Texas is actually I think going to be a slightly favored uh, to win this game, and they have they have a freshman quarterback. They got a lot going on. They're trying to get back to where they were too. You have to win this game. You well, have to win. You this is this is a game that Texas. You have to win this game, or this is going to be a dumpster fire. Well, well, you have to win this game for for so many reasons. Uh, again, you know. USC, you know, scored three points on Stanford. But, I mean, hey, man, it's f***ing Stanford. You know, it's a top-10 team, and we barely beat Tulsa. So when you look at it in the grand scheme of things, you know, you're expecting USC to have much better players than Tulsa. So this game here could be, you know, hey, it it, it could be a a battle, man, or or Texas could easily lose this game, man. Even going into to K State uh, uh, in a couple of weeks, man, and when they play K State, K State didn't look uh, promising at all. But we got to go to Manhattan, and when you look at it, it's just gonna be a better uh, uh, group of players than so. Texas had the, the the best players on the field that night, and still barely beat Tulsa, man. Beat them by seven points. I mean that that's just unacceptable. And this is the this is the other thing about this Texas team is that the fan base right now, even the most homerish believers, are starting not to believe. They're talking about this could be one in five. They're talking about all this stuff. This game, this USC game, which I'm going to be at this weekend, I'm I'm excited to go there because it's always a great time since since I was a kid to get to go on the 40 acres and see see what's going on. I I, I love it regardless. They've been hyping this game up for a long time. And when they hyped this game up, they were under the assumption. And they can sit there and say they weren't, but they they stopped the ticket sales early. They were talking about renovations. They were talking about this. They thought this team would be 2-0. and And even the people that are buying into everything, and even the people that are the most optimistic, if you lose this game at home, Against the USC teams, that's not. We can say this is this is Texas, and it's not the same Texas. USC's not quite in as bad of a spot, but they're damn near close to where they're not what they once were. If you lose this game to them, people are going to bail on you. And oh, no we're, doubt. We're gonna, when, when we see the overhead view of the stadium and stuff uh, the next week against TCU, there's not going to be very many full seats. You oh, ain't going to fill yeah, no 100,000. Yeah, you, you throw a grenade in there. This and season's on a brink. This season's on a brink. This is on a brink. You this, have to this, win this game. This, this, this is your tilt game. This is your tilt game right here. Because you know, I would have told you, even, even you, Derek, you were talking about, I, I think you had him at seven wins and then a bowl game. I had mm-hmm, him at nine. Right. 
two and one is what you expected right now. Now we yes. didn't know oh. what USC was, but two and one is what you expected yeah, right now. I, I, the, the first two games, man, were supposed to be warm ups, dude. Was supposed to be warm up games. I mean, you know, soft pitches where Texas, you know, uh, knocks it out the park, so to speak. And that just hasn't been the case, man. I mean, we we've lost to Maryland. You know, we we barely beat a Tulsa team. Now we have a bad USC team coming in. I totally agree with you, man. If we lose this game, dude, it it, it swings everything for the season, bro. It's not even going to be fun to talk about. Like it's not even it's not even really going to be very fun to talk about. Like, what am I what am I supposed to be excited about right now? What what am I I'm, I I I I come into this season I'm I'm pumped up I'm amped up what am I supposed to be excited about right now like Tom Herman's sitting there talking about you know we we ended the we ended the game uh, taking a knee inside the twenty we scored four touchdowns we had four hundred yards like what what am I supposed to look at this offense and I'm supposed to say you know what they're really making progress I, I don't see any I don't see any of that because and it's the same soft grab-ass offense that I've been watching the last two years. Because this whole thing in press conferences about, you know, I feel like the kids are, you know, uh, came out early and they were having fun and, you know, they're What does that mean? Like, what does that mean? Exactly. They just played good. Like, this whole this whole larger than life, like, oh, we're just we're just tight. We're, we're nah, may, maybe I'll just start prepared to to handle your business. Like, I, I don't know what this, like, we're tight. We're nervous. What, what does that even mean? I've never heard a coach really say that. He, he, Especially not twice in two games. I, I don't. I don't feel like he's uh, uh, as blatantly as last year. Kind of, you know, putting it off on the kids. But he, he's not taking much responsibility um, himself for the lack of coaching that we have going on here, man. The, the fact of the matter is, is that Tom Herman again. I've said, stated this a million times. All of this stuff falls on you, bro. It falls on Tom Herman. And, I mean, you know, a lot of people are, are swinging to my side on this. And I'm not, you know, bragging or, or boasting or anything because, again, I want this university to do well for the sake of the kids regardless to how I feel about Herman personally. I want the University of Texas to get back to being that elite program that we all want it to, to be. But the reality is, man, this is where we are. Maybe maybe right now, you know, <laughs> we're, we're – we're Maryland right now, man. I don't even know if you can say they're Maryland. I watched the, the game. I watched Maryland look like the better team. Oh, I mean Maryland. True. Maryland. Maryland true. looked like the better team. And and as it as it sits right now, as we're recording this, Texas is a three and a half point favorite. Uh, they they are a three and a half point favorite against USC. So maybe that says more about USC uh, than it does Texas. Yeah. This is my problem when I'm looking at the stats. And all we heard all offseason is we got to run the ball better. We got to be able to run the ball. We got we need to run the ball if we want to be effective. And then last year we saw Sam Ellinger lead the team in receiving. Right now you're leading rusher Watson. Guess how many yards he has? How many how many yards does Watson? I, I 126 yards total all season. That's your leading rusher two weeks in. Wow. I mean, you you and then and then you have Ellinger who has four touchdowns, two interceptions. He's thrown for 500 yards. Your leading rusher the year after you said how much of an initiative it was to run the ball has 120 yards. And your best running back's hurt now. Right, because uh, Keontae Ingram, man, I mean, that dude is just a lightning rod, man. Like like I said before, man, you know, you have, in, in, in you know, Herman, you know, where we're young and, and this here and that. Where? 
Where, bro? Because you, uh, the, the majority of your starters, especially defensively, are juniors and seniors. But these freshmen are the ones that's rising, dude. This twenty eight, this Revolution twenty eighteen class, they're they're showing the ass, man. And look, I don't want to hear. I I do not believe in the youth excuse. When when you're when you're a coach that recruits at the top level and you're bringing in blue chips and you're trying to get something going. I don't believe in the we're young thing because we saw Alabama last year. They won the national championship with a bunch of freshmen, including the guy that came in at quarterback. Look at Oklahoma last year. They had Lamb and Sermon. Those guys were young too. Your young players, when you're at a when you're at a when you're at what you hope could be a blue blood college blue blood college program, your young players should be some of your most impactful guys. Because that's that's why they end up at schools like Texas. That's why they end up at schools like Oklahoma, USC, Alabama. I don't want to hear about we're young. And don't give me the excuse that you're young uh, a week after you bench freaking Ingram. Okay? Because you played him for Daniel Young. Yes. And you, and, you, and you went with the veteran instead. So don't sit there and tell me that we're young. Because even when you are young, you're not given that you, – you didn't – you set Ingram on the bench despite the fact that he was your best your best running back and just scored a touchdown for you. And then all of a sudden, now all of a sudden you're, you're going to use a young excuse. There's no youth excuse with this Texas team. There's no youth excuse, and there's there's no excuse for them not to be able to run the ball better than they're better than they're running the I, rock. I, I thought I thought that that uh, Trey Watson, you know, looked pretty decent uh, running the ball. Um, you know, Ingram. You know, obviously, is their best running back, man. They they definitely got to get this kid the f- ball, man. He he needs the ball, you know, in his hands. I think that that kid is just dynamic and and he's able to do some things. But I mean, hell, when you look at LJ when they lined uh, Lil Jordan Humphrey up in the Wildcat uh, formation, man, and how he was able to run the ball. Of course, we know that he was a a running back in high school, even at his size. He almost looked like one of the better backs behind, behind Ingram. That you you go with him before you went with Trey Watson, man. And I mean, you know, Lil J in the spring game. In the spring game, Lil J was running the ball in. He had a couple. He had a couple rushing touchdowns. And I remember his uh, against Maryland last year, they ran the Wildcat with him on one play, too. And I want to say I had nine yards. And it's like I haven't even seen it since. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, you know, but Lil Jordan Humphrey, man, I mean, right now, and, and I know everybody, you know, was fixated on Colin Johnson and, you know, he's this and he's Calvin Johnson-esque. And so I don't want to hear that bullshit no more, man. I don't know whether it's it's – Herman, you know, in, in this offense, or, you know, I would even have to give Colin Johnson, you know, some culpability in this as well, man, because as you know, as well as I know, man, that who is your most deaverish position, you know, in all of football? Wide receiver. The wide receivers. And when you're a person like Colin Johnson, and I see you just trotting off the field after a third and out. Bro, or whatever he wasn't the case ready be, for the first but, play of the season, bro. He got a <laughs> uniform violation the first play of the season. Right. Like, I don't know. I, don't, I still have yet to hear what exactly that was, but – Bro, you've been hyping up this season for a long time. You've been talking about, you know, I'm, I'm, I, this is my year to break out. You got a uniform violation the first play of the season. No, I'll t- I tell you what, man. You know, by the looks of it right now, he better not even uh, consider f- coming out after this year, There's bro. no way that he, no he way. is he, not he, a three-year player. Yeah, not, not at all, man. And I know a lot of people had him pegged as that. You know, hey, you know, this guy here, he's going to be gone, you know, after this year and so on and so forth. And from what I had heard, that NFL scouts, you know, coming into this season was really kind of high 
on uh on, on Colin, man. But he he's just you know, like I say, he's a good kid and everything like that, man. He just he, he I'm not seeing it, man. He he's not demanding the ball. He's not going up in Ellinger face and you know, hey man, I need you to get me the ball. I need I you know just. You know, kind of uh 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 ish, if you will. You know, hey man, give me the ball, man. You know, hey, I'm one on one coverage with this dude, man. Give me an opportunity, and I just don't feel like he has that kind of passion, man, to go out there like other wide receivers that want the ball in critical times. On the other hand, L.J. Lil Jordan Humphrey, man, he he seems like he has He's it, man. He's a killer. He wants that, man. He's a killer. He wants to be the guy at the crucial time of the you game. Can feel it. He wants to make those plays, and I just don't see that from Kyle. And and a lot of times, you know, people, I, I kind of mock it a lot of times when I'm on the air, when I'm talking about body language experts and all this kind of stuff. I don't see it from Sam either. I, uh, this, it, it's just, I, I, I thought that Sam was one of these guys who was going to be one of those charismatic, for lack of a better, better comparison, like Tim Tebow, like where Tim Tebow's out there and you can just see this football team rallying around his emotions. Like we saw him against USC last year. They're just rallying around no his doubt. emotions and he's got the intangibles. I don't know what the deal is. I just haven't felt it the last I, two. I tell you what, read, read Sam's stat lines. Read his stat lines right now. Sam on the season. This is this is what Sam is on the season uh, throwing the ball. He is 42 for 66, 500 yards, four touchdowns, two picks. Okay. Now, read his stat lines from this past game against Tulsa. 21 to 27, 237. Now, two touchdowns. Now, if, if you hadn't watched the game – if you hadn't watched that game and someone just came to you and I just were to give you those stats, what would you think that Texas did in this in this game? I would have thought they they rolled all over them. I exactly. would have thought they dominated them. But but yet when you look at you them, you had four touchdowns in four over four hundred yards of offense. But but yet when which you, is crazy, right? But but yet when you look at it, it it it, it all it's it's almost uh uh you know kind of. Uh, Eli Manning S. If you understand what I'm saying, it, it you know where you take a person like like Eli, and we know he has two you know Super Bowls and, and all of that or whatever. But when you watch Eli Manning play and you see him play, you know it, it, even though you know he may throw for X amount of yards or whatever the case may be, it just never looks good. It never looks all that promising at times, you know, kind of like a Kirk cousin, uh, th- the same way in Washington, you know, he could throw for all these yards, but it just, it, 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 it looked ugly. It, it never just really looked like he just dominated a game, you know? And I feel like that's the same way about Sam, man. It just doesn't feel like, you know, he, he dominated the games that he should dominate, man. Nah, it doesn't. And we're going to get on this. Uh, we're going to get on to this Sam, this Sam Ellinger thing a little bit more on the back end. But uh, before we do that, it is USC Texas week. Yeah. So our guest on uh, episode three of the 41 Acres, it, does a guy really need an introduction? He's, he's, yeah, all, he's a straight-up legend. He's, <laughs> he's still got me smiling, and it's been about 12 years since they won that national championship. Yes. Vince Young, Texas, USC this week. You see these two teams on the field. What kind of emotions go through your head? Well, the main thing is just, uh, the history of both schools, uh, you know, you know the things and, and everything they have went through. Uh, the, I mean, the major, major history between these, both schools uh, in sports and, you know, pr- pretty much everything that the university have to offer. Uh, and then after our game, uh went down to one of the best games ever played uh, with, you know, the start, start uh, talent on the football field from both sides of the ball. Uh, it was just outstanding game. Uh, one of the 
one of the memories in, in my life. Something I can tell my kids when they get older and older, as they are getting older, they, they love watching it now. So, uh, and then, you know, from the game from last year, it was a tough loss for us. But I can honestly say, I, you know, the guys fought really hard and they almost pulled it off. And I definitely want to, you know, say respect to the USC fans for uh, hanging around after the game and, and giving our, our team a round of applause as they get on the bus. I thought that was uh, um, the utmost respect and, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of great things I can tell you about USC fans and what they did that, day, that night. Yeah, I was at that game. I was actually right in the corner of the end zone where you ran up, and I, I can't even count how many times I've watched it since it's happened. Have you rewatched that game, and at what point do you get the most nervous when you're when you're watching that thing? Because I still watch it, and I'm like, damn, we might lose this game, even though I already know what's going to happen. <laughs> well, I watch it quite a bit, so, you know, either with friends or family, or it's always on TV. It stays on Longhorn Network, talking. doesn't it? It stays on there, it seems like, every day. <laughs> Yeah, we keep it on just at different events, or you can just see, again, like you said, on uh, Longhorn Network. So, um, I mean, I don't get too much nervous. I always try to be pointing out things that I didn't see. I'm on that part of it, you know, checking out my teammates or coaching staff. I'm trying to point out things that I didn't see uh, when I watched it probably a week ago. Just trying to point out things I didn't see. Uh, You mentioned the respect that Texas got last year against USC. That was a heartbreaker. Sam Ellinger, part of the reason they got so much respect. What do you think about the uh, the new quarterback uh, for the University of Texas? Uh, I I think Sam is a pretty good guy, man. I think he has the it factor. I love how he interacts with his teammates. Uh, He also let his guys know how he feels. I mean, you got to have that when you're playing quarterback. Uh, You know, especially if you're trying to get guys to play for you. And, um... The thing that he does off the field, working hard throughout throughout, throughout the day, I think he's one of the stronger guys on the team at quarterback. <laughs> uh, but overall, he's doing pretty good so far. He, he got some more work to do, um, you know, with his passing game. But, you know, the things that he's doing at, at, at his age, um, I really feel like it, 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 it can, uh, you know, take off from there. But, you know, I'm, I, again, like I said, I'm very proud of him. I see the hard work that he's putting in. Um, and then I do love the if the, the it factor that he has. He he has fun with his teammates, and when you can do that and still focus on playing a football game, I mean, the, you guys, like I said, will play for you. What about his head coach Tom Herman, year two of uh, Tom Herman era, seven and six in year one. What are your thoughts on uh, Tom Herman? Uh, my thoughts on Tom. I got a lot of respect for Tom. Uh, I really feel like he has really adopted all the things that Coach Brown has you know put in into the system that. It, that came down from Coach Raw. Uh, you can tell that he loves we his job. You can tell that the work ethic that he puts in, as well as with his coaching staff, you know, all those things uh, to me is uh, is pretty good because it's similar to um, the coach of Coach Brown there when I was there. And you can tell that the things that he's he has learned underneath Coach Brown and Coach uh, Urban Myers and these guys, you can tell he has picked some really good traits out of each last one of the coaches he has been around. And he's brought it, brought brought it to Texas, and he's actually doing really good with it. Uh, and the main thing that I really do love that he's working on the guys' chemistry, of working together. Because without you know your guy from the right or your left, you can't play, you can't win no ball games. And he also got the guys going to class and graduating, and that's that's major to me. I already know the guys going to do really good things on the football field. I just like to love the guys to be focused on their education and make sure 
they know that sometimes football is not for long, so you got to make sure you have something to fall back on. I always like to ask former players hypotheticals. I had Rod Babers on uh, on on the, on the first episode, and I asked him what would have happened if they would have ended up facing Miami in the national championship. Him and Major Applewhite both both basically admitted they'd have gotten their butts kicked. Your uh, performance against Michigan uh, was just as good as the one against USC. I was there as well. But let's pretend that the Dusty Mangum field goal doesn't go in. How does that change things? Does it, does it make you maybe consider leaving early, or does it does the chip on your shoulder get even bigger? Let's just pretend that that field goal at the end doesn't go in because it looked like it wasn't going to go in. Do you think anything changes? Uh, what would that have done for you? Um, who, who knows? <laughs> Uh, who knows what would happen? Um, you know, everything played out how it's supposed to play it out. Um, so, you know, the decisions that I made after that, uh, along with my family and my pastor, Steve McNair, at the time when he was here, uh, everything played out just how I was supposed to. Uh, again, not taking anything from USC. Those guys was an outstanding football team. Um, they deserve everything that they, you know, everything that came to them from. From um, you know the different the wins the the accolades the the the, the respect that they they earn um, and um, and then just having a relationship with you know Matt Liner and uh, Lindell White and some of the guys that's on the team still to this day um, you know again like every, like I said everything played out how it's supposed to I don't know what could happen if nothing if Dustin didn't make that field goal. But he did. So yeah, he I damn can't sure really did. Talk about that. He damn he he damn sure <laughs> did. Who did you hate the most? Like who who did you want to beat the most when you when you were at Texas? Was it Oklahoma? Uh, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> everybody. You know, just just you know, playing the game and being a part of uh, University of Texas uh, tradition, man. It's, it was an honor, man, because all the guys that came and paid the way for us. You know, from uh, James uh, to I mean, the list goes on and on from Lee Starmarks. Uh, Star the, the list goes on of all the tradition of the Rickies, the Earls, and all the guys that played before us and for Coach Brown to always engraving to our head. It's not about the guy, the name on the back of your jersey. It's about the name on the front of the jersey. So having that opportunity to play for University of Texas was unbelievable. Um, it changed my life. Uh, to this day, uh, I think it was one of the best decisions I ever made is to go to University of Texas, and um, I'm happy I made that decision. I'm happy I met, met pretty much a lot of people <laughs> in my 35 years, well, half of my life that I continue to say that's still my friends, my brothers, that we still hang out to this day uh, from making the decision to go to University of Texas. Yeah, I talked to uh, Ramonce last week. He doesn't think that the the team gets enough credit as a whole for just how stacked y'all were. Y'all had like over 20 guys go to the NFL. Uh, obviously, they, they don't win it all without you, but the, the, you, had a, you had a nice squad around you, too. You think they get enough credit? Uh, not at all. That's why I always talk about my brothers. They always like to say Vince won that game. I tell everybody to the day that was a team effort from each and last one of us ever since we all walked on campus. It was a family. It was a team, team game. So uh, we had so much talent on our defense side of the ball, uh, from um, you know the Michael Huffs to the Terrell Brown. Uh, I mean the Rob Rice, the Tim Crowders, uh, Brian Robinson, Casey Stud, Blaylock. I mean Jonathan Scott, myself, Jamal Charles. I mean the list goes on and on and on. That the guys that were the, the talent that we had on our team, the Brian Rockpoles. I mean. We had some really great talent, and um, I really feel like the, all the leaders on our team 
brought all the brought brought the the the, the, the more talent that the guys didn't even know they had. Uh, brought that out of them as well. So it was it was a great fun time, and I feel like you know it, it taught us a lot, and it's also been very special because, like I said, um, still to this day we all hang out together. We all we all get silly. We let our kids run around now, and just to see that, I mean, um, you know, that was that was uh, the the real reason why we did win a national championship because our chemistry uh, was really really good. Yeah, I mean it's it's the highlight of mine and my dad's life. We, I mean, me and my dad have always got along, but we went to that, and I mean, if, if I don't even know what we would talk about at this point, uh, you got something going on the the week of the USC game. You got a golf tournament going on at uh, Barton Creek. What's the uh, information people can get to uh, sign up and be a part of this? Well, you can go to tenvinceyoung dot com. Uh, my my official shot my official site. And, log, uh, and register online and get your tickets and get your itinerary. Uh, and uh, all the information and details is on there. Uh, also, if you want to sponsor as well, it's everything that you may need is on there. So uh, something we're doing for the Texas USC just to uh, get a lot of my teammates and guys out there with, with Austin fans, uh, with the sponsors. I mean, a lot of, a lot of people haven't, haven't met a lot of us guys yet. So I thought it would be fun if I put on a, a, a tournament, a golf tournament, that people can come out and interact with the players. Uh, and um, got a good number of guys coming. I uh, got some good people uh, buying tickets and things like that. So it's a blessing. So just want to make sure I keep keep tugging along and put, pubbing it out there, letting people know this is what we're doing. Even got some USC guys coming in. My crazy guy, Lindell White, will be there. Oh, man. Uh, you know, got P.J. Tucker uh, doing really good for the Rockets. Got a lot of, uh, you know, uh, celebrity friends uh, that are guys that I look up look up to, and as my brothers, my friends that we all support each other. So we're going to have a lot of guys out there. It should be fun as well. As well as we got a dinner on Friday night as well. We got some comedian Alex Thomas coming in and kind of Q and A, just talking about the game and reminiscing about the game. We got a comedian, and you got us clowns at the same time. So I think it's going to be really fun as well. Do you get <laughs> Do you get nervous during games? Now, or are you just kind of a little bit more relaxed now when you watch Texas? I'm always nervous because I, I have a, you know, I'll be out there at practice, so I see the guys grow. So I'm always nervous for them. <laughs> I just want to see them. My main thing is when sitting sometimes in some of the meeting rooms, bring some of that, the preparation, the things that they're studying on, on in the fan room. I like to see it when they bring it to the football field and they really do it, just how coaching them wrote it up in the meeting room. That's what I'm proud to see that the guys are functioning. And then they also working hard and giving all they got uh, uh, for Coach Tom Herman and the, and the rest of the coaching staff. All right, Vince, I appreciate you. Again, it's 10vinceyoung.com to get more information on how you can be a part of this? Correct, 10vinceyoung.com. And we'll get you all set up and get a chance to come hang out. We've got some special gifts for you. So it's going to be fun. It's, it's not going to be one of those boring Boring uh, golf tournaments. I mean, you come out and have a good time. We got a lot of great surprises and things for you. All right, Vince. Appreciate the time, man. No problem, man. Thanks for your time as well. Always good to hear from Vince. I don't, this, no doubt, man. A lot of people look at Vince's NFL career and they act like that is somehow supposed to make you feel worse about him as a Longhorn. To me, it has the opposite effect in that regardless of what happened to him in the pros, I take pride that the highlight of his career was 
in burnt orange and white. I actually, I actually have an opposite impact. I mean, it, it, because there's a lot of times that guys don't have as successful college careers, and then they go to the pros, and they're a lot better in the pros. Like Tom Brady at Michigan. Yeah. Like Michigan fans can claim that Tom Brady went there, but he didn't have the magical yeah, moments that Ben Young had. Yeah. Not so at it's all. when someone, when someone likes a program as much as we both like the University of Texas, I would rather my guys play their best football in college instead of going to the pros, if, if that makes any sense. Oh, yeah, no, no no doubt, man. I mean, you know, what Vince and, and that team was able to do uh, in that game, and again, you know, we talked about it, you know, a, a little in depth with Romance as well last week, man. I mean, that team was just amazing, man. Uh, again, that was the best freaking national championship game ever, you know, uh, compared to, to Clemson and, and Alabama, which was a great game as well. But, I mean, it, it, it's – it that game was just you know moon and stars above anything else that that we've seen and and just how it how it played out because you know I remember where I was that day and watching that game and how I was on you know the edge of my seat uh when USC wound up going up and and now you know hey it is Vince but I I knew it's just something in me Landry at that moment and I and I I trusted Vince so much I love this guy so much I knew that if you just gave him enough time that he would would be able to make some things happen man and you know when they stopped Lindell White on that uh that uh, uh uh was third and one fourth and one fourth and one fourth and one and, and they stopped Lindell White which uh, I said last uh, to Romans, you know I don't understand how in the hell P. Carroll didn't have Reggie Bush at least a decoy in there but that defense came up and they got the push and they stopped uh, uh Lindell White and I mean I went crazy because I knew that. Vince was going to do something special that game, and, and I know you had a, a, a different experience. I mean, you were there. You you were actually there, man. I mean, tell tell me about that real quick, right. man. So I was right there. I was actually at the Rose Bowl the year before when against Vince, Michigan, when Vince basically burst onto the scene. Right. Because before that Michigan game, there were Vince believers, but there were still some skepticism as to what exactly Vince well, Young's going to be. Do you remember be. the Ohio State? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm sorry, the uh, the Oklahoma State game. Yeah, uh, the, where they were down, and yeah, that and was, he brought them back. Yeah, that was. I think that that was actually the next year in the in the L five season. Yeah, I, yeah, if, yeah, if okay, I'm not yes, mistaken, yes, but okay, he did right. he did it twice. Yeah, he came back against Oklahoma State twice. But I I was in, I ended up being in the corner of the end zone where he scored. And I just look back at that game. I never had a doubt. And maybe it's just because that that matchup, that game was hyped for the whole season long. But even when they went down two touchdowns, and I remember uh, Terrell Brown breaking his arm on Dwayne Jarrett's touchdown, that's when it was at the low point. I still believed in Texas and, and thought they had a shot. And one of my takes on the whole thing is I honestly think – that if on the opening uh, the opening drive Texas got a three and out they forced Reggie Bush out of bounds, I think if Aaron Ross doesn't fumble that touched uh, the uh, the punt at midfield, I think Texas kicks their ass. Like I thought, I thought Texas was going to was going to absolutely kick their ass, but I never had a doubt in my mind about that. But you know, I asked Vince the hypothetical about the Michigan game and if that they missed that field goal, if he thinks that that momentum carries. I wonder as I look back. What would have happened if Mac Brown had never won that one championship? Because I'm still holding on to the memory, you know, almost a decade and a half after it happened. I just wonder how much different I would look at the University of Texas football program and the current state, which disgusts us. It, it absolutely drives us nuts. We absolutely hate it. But 
I just wonder, like, what if Vince Young, he almost threw an interception. What if he throws that interception? What if Texas loses to USC? What exactly am I even saying about this Texas program right now? It's hard because it, it it could have easily happened. Like it was it was just as close to not even having that one championship to point to. Well, I mean, you know, but it, it did happen. And, Thank and God, that, and that's why you know we expect so much from this team, and that's why you know uh, you, myself, and you know Longhorn Nation out here, man, is so disappointed at where. Uh, this team has been. I mean, just think about it, man. Since we were in a national championship game or even had a, a, a competent quarterback, speaker, it's been 10 years, man. Oh, nine. I was there. It's been 10 I was at that one too. years, man, that we've been in, in hell. This program has been in hell for 10 years. And with the resources – and the type of university that this is, is no way in the world. And, and that's why I was alluding to earlier, you know, you were saying, well, hey, a win is a win. And, and, and I get it. A win is a win. Okay, so, yeah, For now you're 500. You're one and one. But, dude, is is I feel like we lost because I expect more from this university. But should I we? I expect more from should this we team, though? more from this, this coaching staff. And they're just not, they're just not getting it done, man. Do you think we should expect more? I mean, do we are our expectations realistic for what Texas is? Well, just what I what I was talking about earlier in the podcast, man. Just going back to to taking the the, the red pill to the uh, Matrix uh, reference. Hey, you know this is the reality, man. And maybe it's time for us to really start looking at this Texas team, man. Hey, you know, uh, going back to to the uh, Bill Parcell uh, quote. You know, you are what your record says you are. And this is who we are. This is what Texas has been reduced to, because we 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 can no longer automatically. Where did they go wrong? Nine, ten. Well, I mean, because I'm going I, back at 09, and 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 there's a couple points where I think, I honestly think that if Mac Brown had just retired after 2009, and Will Muschamp, who was the coach in waiting, had been the coach. I'm not saying that Texas wouldn't be on I love their Will second Muschamp. coach. I, I'm not. I know. I'm not saying that Texas would wouldn't be on their second coach. I'm not saying that Will Muschamp would all of a sudden been a good coach. But I don't think they would have ever gotten soft. I don't think. I don't think this program would have ever gotten soft and coddled. I feel like, at the very least, he would have been able to pass the torch a little more smoothly than Mac Brown at the end of his tenure, and then Charlie, and then now where we're at. Well, I I, I think Mac. You know, and, and I love Mac Brown. I mean, have had several conversations with with he and his wife, man. I mean, just really, really great people. But you know, and I was there actually. Uh, our our Deontay and I, uh, we were there when Mac announced that he was, you know, uh, stepping resigning, down, stepping quote, down, quote. you know, quote unquote. Yeah, you know, because we we already had heard the rumblings, uh, you know, going in uh, there that that they were going to get rid of Mac. But my point is, is that because at that time, because Mac started seeing what was happening and started kind of, you know, seeing the writing on the wall, I think that, uh, you know, he 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 gave these these players so much cushion. It was so many things that that uh he wasn't really hard on these guys. Like you know, Mac Brown was an entity in his himself. He he was kind of a a CEO kind of. He you know his players. He brought would have Texas to, to. He put Texas back on the map. But well, he, I mean, he, he put he brought he brought Texas to this level to where guys like you and me expect more than maybe we should. Well, I mean, even in, in hey, in Max last year, like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, 
They played they for, the Big, for a Big 12 title. With Case you know McCoy. With, with Case McCoy, bro. You know what I'm saying? But then, you know, we get Charlie in there. Doesn't work with Charlie. You know, appears to not be working with Herman, you know, right now. And, and again, like I said, you know, and I tweeted this, hey, it's still a, a, a chance that, that I could very well eat crow from the things that I've said about Tom Herman. But right now, I Just can tell you. Hey, right now, what my eyes are telling me is that steak look pretty goddamn good right now. You know, uh, versus eating crow because I feel like you know Tom Herman right now just you know he's just not getting it done, man. Bottom and, line, he's and, just not getting it done. And this is this is the whole thing. Like you see Ellinger last year, you see Ellinger lose to Sam Darnold, and Sam Darnold is a week one starter in the NFL. So I can sit there and I can say, okay. This freshman kid didn't have it against a guy that we probably thought was going to be the number one overall pick at that time. We, we, we can sit there and say that. You lose to Oklahoma State. It was a terrible game, but on the other end, you have Mason Rudolph and you have Washington. You lose to Oklahoma in a, in a glorious, uh, glorious. I, I guess that was kind of a win-loss, too, if, we're, if we are doing the style point thing. But they have Baker Mayfield, who is the eventual number one overall pick. That's all good. I can't watch Sam Ellinger do that and come up short against some kid from Maryland that's probably going to be uh, a PE teacher in a, in a few in a few years and some kid from USC that's a first year starter. If that's the case and if in year 2 we're sitting here and saying he's doing the same stuff but he's doing it against less uh, less flashy, less less talented quarterbacks, where's the progress? Well, and 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 I I think this is when when I say that this season's on a brink heading into this SC game I think Sam Ellinger's career is on the brink too. Well, okay, well that and that's what and I, I was going to. I love gonna, the kid, man. That that's what I was going to actually get into kid. after you posed uh, that question. I was going to ask you because I, I kind of you know saw what where it was going. Is it if if Sam Donald loses? Ellinger, uh, I'm sorry, Ellinger. Sam Ellinger loses against uh, USC, and I mean if, if it's you know a, a ugly loss. I mean, do 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 you do you go to to Cameron Rising at, at that point, man? Because I, I like I said before, you know, no disrespect to to Shane Bouchel. I know a lot of people feel like you know Bouchel would be the next man up, but that's not what I'm hearing. I, I'm hearing that if anything were to happen, it would be Cameron Rising that would come in and would would play. I think that. You know, Herman just feel like he fits what it is that whatever the hell Texas is trying to do, he fits it more than Bruchelle does. So, again, my, my question to you, uh, Landry, is, you know, what what, what happens, Locke, if, if, if they, you know, if, if he goes out there and he plays badly against SC, do you make the change right then or do you give him a, another game or two to, to kind of see or, or, you know, wait until at least the, the bye week and then make the change after the bye week? Or do you do it immediately or do you do it after the bye week? It's going to depend how he looks, but this is my whole thing. If you're building a program and it's a process and you're not where you want to be, if your quarterback isn't progressing, then you're basically just wasting time. Like, you're wasting time with Sam Ellinger. And that's why before the season I said that I'm okay with Ellinger over Bouchelle. Because, and, and this is from episode one of the 41 Acres, I said, I don't know if Ellinger is the guy, 
but I know Bouchelle isn't the guy. And in football, you know this, just look around college football, it's all about the damn quarterback. Right. Like It's oh, no all doubt. about the damn no quarterback. Doubt. And when you're getting all these four- and five-star quarterbacks, if you have a guy who's not progressing from year to year and the expectations are a little bit lower, and there's also a, a sense that maybe Sam Ellinger is going to be like an H-back at one point. I've, I've heard people throw that out there, or, you know, play a different position then you're just wasting time with Sam Ellinger, and you're halting everyone else's progress. Yeah. You need to have some certainty at the quarterback position, especially in year three. And if it's not Ellinger, then you need to get these other guys in there just so you can see what they got. And if Sam Ellinger's one and two, with all that said, then I can't sit here on good faith and say that Shane Bouchelle couldn't have led this team to a one and two record too. If they lose to USC... There's not really another scenario to where – and let's say that Sam Ellinger has a good game and they lose to USC. Then obviously it's a fluid situation and right. I can change my take. Yeah. But if it's more of what we've seen, then why am I supposed to have any confidence and what's the point in wasting time? You're not winning. Your quarterback's not getting better at the okay. most important position. What's the point? So so are you, are you saying, you know, at that time, you know, if he plays badly against SC and the Texas, you know, were to lose to SC, you know, two touchdowns or whatever the case may be, that, you know, hey, uh, maybe we, you know, kind of throw in a towel, you know, to the season uh, for Sam Ellinger and, and, and go with, you know, the, the younger guys. Uh, I mean, do you feel like the season is – is after this game, do you feel like the season is, is a waste? I mean, because we hadn't got in, gotten into conference play, but when you look at what's coming down the pipeline, you know, <laughs> after this USC game, bro, it definitely doesn't get any easier man I don't think it's throwing in the towel if he's not winning games and doing the same stuff like if he's if he's doing this the same exact stuff that he's done I don't look at it as throwing the towel I look at it as trying to tr- trying to fix up fix the situation and, and improve it like I this isn't like, I, I mean but but goddamn I mean can it be putting you know band-aid on a on a gun wound you know or we don't know my, my thing is I wanted to see I was hoping that Texas would do as we all, you know, wish they did and just blow this team the hell out, you know. And and that way we figured by mid-third quarter we could see, you know, uh, Cameron Rising come in. Man, I was excited for that. I wanted to see, you know, Cameron Rising go up because I hadn't seen him. So, I mean, I watched him a little in, in the spring game, but I, I, I never take much stock in the spring game. I never take much stock in the offseason. You're really, you know – playing, you know, against your guys and the quarterbacks can't really be under fire. So I, I don't take any stock in what I see in, you know, the the Texas spring game. I know it's football and, you know, coming back again, after, you know, and people are excited. But, you know, for for that little ounce of, of football, but the, again, it, it, it's meaningless. It means nothing. But in this particular game, had Texas have handled their business, now we're in a position to see What's next? The, the 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 next thing behind Sam Ellinger, whether he succeeds or whether he fails, we get to see what's next, and they just didn't give us the opportunity to do that. But I do feel like the 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 the, the slate is wiped clean. If you beat USC and you go two and one, then I think it's. Uh, I think USC is a realistic challenge for the Texas Longhorns. Like if they were playing Oklahoma week three, I wouldn't be sitting here saying this is a make or break for Sam Ellinger, but. I think that although Texas isn't up there with Oklahoma and TCU yet, I feel like Tom Herman in year two with a second-year quarterback at home after 
you've seen your team wet the bed already. It's not like it's going to be a surprise. Like if they lose to USC, we've we've seen this team wet the bed. We've as a matter of fact, we've seen this team wet the bed just as much as we've seen them play well. They've yeah. played oh, four no quarters of terrible football. Oh yeah, four quarters of terrible. Absolutely. Actually, actually, you could you could make a case five quarters of terrible football. So we've seen the, them go out there and do that with USC. This is this is a situation where you should be on the same level as USC. You should be you 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 should go out there and win this game. And I'll just go ahead and get my prediction out of the way. I'm not picking them. I'm I'm not picking. I'm I'm not picking this team to win. You, you, I, as much as we're talking about style points, I want them to win. I'm I'm picking them to lose. And you, I'm 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 going to say that Texas loses this game. I'm going to go 31-28. You know, <laughs> I'm not picking them. Hey, I, I, I'll I'll tell you this, man. And this is the honest of God truth. I know you know a lot of Longhorn fans may not believe, but I was I I was actually going to pick Texas to win this game. I just thought that that you know what's ap- stopping that, you that, now, that, Derek? That, what's ap- stopping you? That alleged hell. Have you seen the same <laughs> that I've been seeing? Have you seen this bullshit? That's what's stopping me from. <laughs> Picking them, you know what I'm saying? Because hey, man, I'm not confident. Are, are you confident in, in what you've seen? No, that's why. It's the reason why, why you're not picking them that's exactly. Picking them to lose. But but I actually because I, I at the beginning of the season, uh, uh, a friend of mine is actually in Texas media. I, I won't name drop, but a friend of mine that was Texas media. He, you know, we were kind of you know, going through the schedule and whatever. And we again, we thought that you know Maryland and and uh, and and uh, in Tulsa. Tulsa, you know, with with you know, be softballs, man. You know, would be granny throws, and and it, and this no, was going to be the game, right? And my this dad be the game. was going to. I mean, he bought extra tickets because he was excited. He's like, you know, maybe I can, maybe I can sell these tickets. But ain't nobody buy. Ain't nobody excited for this right now. It's it's eggshells. It, it's it walking is. on eggshells, and it, it's crazy because it's almost a representation what? of the whole program. Because we've heard Tom Herman talk about the players walking on eggshells and being nervous. That's how I feel as a fan when I watch this damn team. Well, well. I think this USC game, I think people will be excited about the USC game. Okay. Because be, the reason why I, I say that, Locke, is because everybody knows that this is the swing game. Everybody knows that this game here could be the difference of them being a 1-5 team going into uh, the bye week, a 2-4 and four team going into the bye week, or a 3-3 three and three team possibly going into the bye week. Because they won't they, – right now, they won't be TCU and they won't beat Oklahoma. TCU. They, they, their, their chances right now would, would – But one you know, win would, can change a lot, though. As, as much as we say this, one win can change a lot. If this team goes and, and, and wins a game and all of a sudden they start feeling themselves, maybe all the reasons for optimism come, come – come, that they increase. This is this is what someone once told me. Uh, his name's uh, Jean-Jacques Taylor. He works in Dallas. He's a columnist. Sports are fluid. So as much as we're reacting right now, if we turn on the USC game and we see Texas win, it can change everything that we're saying right now. That's the beauty of sports. Yes. That's why we love yes, sports. Yes, absolutely. It, it definitely could, could could change things, man. And, and I think them guys will be feeling themselves. Them guys can get back, you know, into the swing of things. But get a and, sack, and they Hager. Can, and they get, can get a sack, in. please. Yeah, but, hey, can I hey, get one man, sack, man, bro? Man, do, do we, do two we tackles. Have, do, do we have, he had do, two tackles. But, one tackle I mean, for but loss. Do we, do we have a, a, a total? Because, bro, like I said, brick – uh, 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 Charles Menahue, you know, and these guys. Have you have you heard of the the uh, the the uh, uh, leadership council? 
that Texas has. Yes. You know, in in you know, for guys, you know, for those who don't know what the leadership council is, it's a group of guys that's selected by Tom Herman as team captains or team leaders where they meet with Herman every week to kind of di- uh, discuss, I guess, the pulse of the team or whatever. But the problem is, is that all of the guys that you have in your leader room, uh, the Brick and Hagers, the Charles Amenehues, the uh, um, I think Elijah Rodriguez, uh, uh, I believe uh, Anthony Wheeler, whatever, these guys on uh, how, how if I'm a freshman and I'm out here balling and you come up to me and you tell me, you know, hey, you know, you need to do this, you need to do that, how the f- can you tell me anything when you ain't doing a goddamn thing out there? And you haven't there? really done anything well, in your exactly, whole career. Like bro, you but, haven't done anything in your whole career. But this is your le- your you know, quote unquote, leadership uh, council. No, man, you want to have leadership council. You need to be Keontae Ingram. You need to be uh, Lil Jordan Humphrey. It needs BJ to be, Foster. you know, BJ Foster or Caden Stern. Like these young guys need to be. They need doing, to step because, up because those are the ones that's that's uh, spirit that's going to spearhead your, your your charge, man, for this team, man. That's those what, are going to be the ones, man. That's what they need. We, we we'll get out of here in uh, two minutes. Episode three of the Forty One Acres. We, you you got to do it. You got to you got to make your prediction right now, Derek. Oh uh, man! Pick em, pick em. Like, like I like I said before, man. I, I'm. It, 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 at first, I was going to take Texas in this game. I just thought, you know, that we would have a better showing. I thought that Texas being at home this year, and, and based on you know what happened last year, that they would just be hungry to do it. Uh, you know, this defense, man, is not really showing me anything. I mean, hell, you got torched by Tulsa, man. Tulsa was actually, I mean, again, you know, what if they had receivers that could actually freaking catch you know we lose this game man so i'm gonna take usc man i'm gonna say uh man uh the the 28 17 man usc i got usc 31 to 28 and i'm almost talking myself i'm supposed to be at the game I might just go rewatch the 2006 Rose Bowl again. I might just <laughs> It'll I make might you just, feel better. Yeah, I might just I, I, I might just pour up pour up a scotch or something and reminisce on the days when style points existed and when the Longhorns were still a program in which I could get upset about a win over Tulsa. Hey man, before we get out of here, man, uh, definitely want to give a shout out to to Vince Young again, man, for being a part of the program, man, and uh, thank Locke for that, man. He always brings in you know wonderful guests, man. Uh, uh, man, before we get out of here, I, I, I wanted um, um, CDC, man, you know, Chris Delacante, man, and, and, and what he's doing over there with uh, Bevo Boulevard and, you know, the, the students for the first time in Texas history that I can remember, man, letting people just come and sit where they want to sit. Hey, first come, first serve, Love man. It. I thought the energy and everything was there, man. And, and hopefully and, it's there and, Saturday. And then to to see the product on the field, man. Did you see the interview uh, that he did at halftime, man? Uh, Chris Del, uh, Del Conte uh, right around halftime with uh, Joe Galindo. He he didn't look like he was a happy camper, man. I wouldn't and, either. And, and the bottom line is that – Win, you know, baby. That, 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 in don't, the, in don't the word, in, smoke in, up our in, ass. In the words of Al Davis, you know, just baby. win, baby. But uh, – uh, and, and he's not uh, – uh, I mean – Let's just be honest with you. He supports Herman, but he's not a Herman guy. You know, I mean, he didn't hire Herman. You know, Mike Perrin hired Herman. So, you know, he didn't look happy, man, in that interview. So I just wanted to say that, man. But shout out to Del Conte, man, for everything that, that he's doing for the students and for the fans uh, uh, around there, man, uh, on game day. I think that was huge, you know, 
But you, you, you have to win, man. He's fundraising and he's, you know, got these projects that he's trying to do uh, for the university, man. But if you're not winning, man, you're not filling seats in that stadium. No one is coming to see this team uh, as currently constructed. But hopefully on Saturday there's a dub. Hopefully we'll uh, we'll be talking about a win. For my man, Derek Foreman, I'm Landry Locker. We both predicted losses here. Hopefully we start – hopefully we start – we're going to have another good guest next week, but hopefully we start at eating us some crow. <laughs> we drank beer week one. Hopefully we can eat us some damn crow. How do you like your crow served? Oh, man. Uh-oh. I like it well done, man. Okay, well done. You're, you're a well-done steak guy, too? Yeah, well-done steak guy. Man, people give me a hard you know, time about that. I did some ranch in it, too. That's, that's uh, Some people find that very weird, but I do that. That's one of my things. No doubt. We thank you guys. We thank the fans. We thank you guys for listening uh, to Landry and myself, man. This is the 41 Acres uh, Podcast. And like I say, man, we appreciate you guys. We love you guys. And as always, from Landry and myself, you know, it's Texas love, man. Hook them. <laughs>